Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, sinners. I'm Shannon. And I'm Sean. And welcome to episode two of Simple Cuts. Woohoo! So this one is, this one's going to be a fun one. I, we, we talked a lot. We, <laughs> we had a lot to say about Jaws 2. Um, so we decided to do the sequel, um... Why did we decide to do it? Because of the anniversary. Right? Yeah, the was, anniversary. Yeah, that's why. So we, we, we yeah, we, so we skipped to Jaws. <laughs> yeah. People are like, oh, yeah, why would you do uh, the most perfect movie ever made? Go to its subpart sequel, which I do love, though. Yeah. But we were excited to talk about this one because of the, um, well, maybe just because it, it was, to us, it was, it, they're all horror movies, don't get me wrong, especially the first one. But this one, we considered, like, the... The, the trope of like kind of like the slasher flicks in a in a way yeah we ex we definitely ex go into it a little bit more but um but yeah enjoy have a listen go for a swim <laughs> and please listen and subscribe because we love you thank you jaws two the terror continues vast and unknown depths of the ocean. How could there have been only one? Sharp problem. Are you serious? Roy Scheider. I hope this my dad. The whole beach looks incredible. Lorraine Gary. <laughs> and Murray Hamilton. Look at this. That's a shark. Now! Look, Brody, you started a panic on a public beach. Somebody decides to sue us. That's a shark. Did you ever stop to think about that? And I know what a shark looks like because I've seen one up close. And you better do something about this one because I don't intend to go through that hell again. Don't press it this time. Mike is out there. None of man's fantasies of evil can compare. 
with the reality of Jaws. This week, we're diving into Jaws 2, 1978's Jaws 2, which just celebrated its 45th birthday. Yes, 45 years. That, um, again, I've, I've, I've vowed to never tell my age on this podcast, but I will say I did see it in a theater, and it was fantastic. Main Street Movie Theater, West Hampton Beach, New York, plays into a lot of my love for Jaws. Jaws is my favorite movie. I know I mentioned that last episode, but I'll, every damn episode I'll be mentioning it. Because I grew up and I spent my summers by the beach, those movies, Jaws and Jaws 2, really resonated with me because I could put myself in the movie because those beaches were my beaches. I felt like I was swimming in the same water. And I mean, technically, I suppose I was because uh, Benchley's novel, Amity, is on Long Island. Right. It's, you know, it's, and I don't know if it's undisclosed if we ever find out if Amity is off of. I know they shot it in Martha's Vineyard, but I don't know if they ever said where the hell Amity was in the movie, did they? Oh, I actually, I don't recall. Oh, geez, the comment section. I, I oh, already feel Lord. it percolating. I know. Honey, <laughs> you're the Jaws guy, and you don't know where it was filmed. All right, you, you know what? Fuck you. You're right. You're right. All right, you happy now? We're, we're, we're 11 seconds into the episode. Yeah. You've already changed and, and, and we're already getting cursed at. <laughs> so I the, figured... I think I just assumed it was always considered to be Martha's Vineyard. Um, and then I know, like, I know for the second one, they didn't necessarily film all of it there. That was more in Florida, the Florida beaches. In yeah. The, for well, the second they, one. This, yeah, two is But they, they had to play Florida. it. I think they had to play it off as if it was in the same location. So I, I just, I think I've always assumed... It was Martha's Vineyard. We're going to get into it, sinners, but you're going to find out that they corrected a lot of mistakes that they had made in the first film. A lot of happy accidents that that played very well in Spielberg's favor, which honestly, like the odds that these things would happen that way are astronomical, but they all worked. It was like kismet. A lot of the same uh, issues on Jaws 1 were very prevalent for Jaws 2, but they did do a lot to try and minimize that, but then they also fell into a lot of the same traps. We'll get to that. What we're gonna do is, I'm gonna do a summary of the film, and then what we'll do is we'll get into, uh, you know, some of the production stories, some of the drama behind the set, some deleted scenes, mistakes. There's one mistake that I caught watching the movie this week, which I had never, I've, I've seen this movie easily a dozen times, which went by me, and I have a feeling has gone by a lot of people, because you really have to kind of nerd out on and know the actors real name but that's a little that's a little crumb we'll yeah, get to it and i'm actually kind of curious because i actually have no idea what you're are you gonna about. love it because you're just I'm excited you're gonna have to watch the scene again just fast forward to it after i talk about this and you're gonna see it and then you're gonna see what they did to kind of plaster over the mistake and it's so goddamn hilarious oh lord so all right <laughs> i'm excited let me stop my jibber jabber all right let's get into 1978's jaws 2 okay uh directed first by John D. Hancock unfortunately was let go uh, about a month into uh, I mean pre-production this poor guy worked on it for months and months and months but actual filming he got about a, a month in 
before he was let go. We'll circle back to that after after the summary. But the reins were taken over by Geno Swark, uh, who was, um, you know, uh, was mostly a TV director. Uh, he had. Um, he, he did Somewhere in Time with Christopher Reeve. He did Supergirl eventually after Jaws 2. But, you know, like a journeyman, uh, a, a tradesman, you yeah. know, uh, very competent, very capable. Uh, he had a few horror films under his belt, too, like in the 70s. Ooh. You know, there, yeah, there's uh, so there's 1972 Night of Terror. Okay. Uh, 1973 The Devil's Daughter. Ooh. And 1975, Bunk. Oh, my God, with Bradford Dillman? Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, I had no idea. That movie freaked me out. That movie freaked me out in the womb, because I'm not saying if I was born yet or not. So I, maybe I saw it on maybe, video. Maybe, You'll maybe never not. Know. Oh, my God. Bug with Bradford Dillman? There's a scene where this woman gets a sizzling cockroach on her eyeball, and it's freaking that me out right now. That might have been like the poster. I feel like I saw. I never, I never saw that movie, Sinner. So uh, one day we will, and I have a feeling that'll turn into an episode oh down the God. road. Sean, yeah. only if you're agreeable, of course. Of course. Of course. Oh, are you of kidding course. me? I'm down. I'm down. Now wait. Can we? We might. We might have to pause. Is Bug a TV movie or is that a movie movie? Oh, that to my when I looked it up, it looked like a movie movie, but uh hold please let's see so uh i bet it's gonna be a movie movie because that, that sizzling feeling... eyeball feels a little too much for tv yeah i mean i have a feeling it's a movie movie let's see well those sinners i'll take that back man i watched that day of the animals uh came out leslie nielsen film from the 70s and this guy gets bit the fuck up by rattlesnakes and that was on tv and that still haunts me and leads to my fear of all snakes and slithery objects to this day. So they would, yeah. <laughs> so the, I mean, it was apparently was released in March of 1975 for the USA Film Festival. And then uh, France had a Paris Festival of Fantastic Films. Oh, easy break for doing it. All right. And that came out the following April. And then it looks like it had a wide release, United States, June 6th in 1975. All so right. I have a feeling it was a. Uh, you know, it could have been limited, you know, in the 70s, you know, it could have been like limited theaters, but okay. it does look like it was a movie movie. So uh, fun facts on uh, Jeannot Swark. Good on you, Jeannot. Yeah, which I'm um, just going to throw it out there. If we do say shark from his last name by accident, please forgive us. I mean, it's, it's because it's, uh, you know, we're talking about Jaws here. So just uh, just uh, forgive, forgive us and move on. The good thing is none of the films I'm going to mention <laughs> is, that our companion pieces trust to take place in the year 2003. So it's a real good <laughs> chance I will say 2003. But, all right. but it was hilarious. With that, with that done, let's get into Jaws 2. Okay, so movie opens up and it's a thankless task. We discussed last episode, our wrong, wrong turn episode, cold opens. I love a cold open. It's possibly one of my favorite things. Uh, this movie has the thankless task of trying to do a cold open after the movie with the best cold open. I think. Okay. I think. I mean, we discussed Scream. I, I teeter back and forth which one is better. I actually do think Scream it resonates more as a better cold open. Um, also, by the way, I'm throwing this in. We kind of pass right the hell over Halloween. Oh well, yeah. I mean that—that's—that's that's a pretty banger of a cold open. I well. agree. I agree. Okay, but but we can all we can all agree that poor Chrissy 
in Jaws, that cold open is just so disturbing and it's so shocking and it really just you're like uh, oh okay this movie this movie means business and it's kind of battering me around a little bit just who the two divers they come across the wreck of the orca on paper it, it's it it's good i love the fact that it's the immediate callback to the orca by the way first continuity mistake and you know what are you gonna do but the orca jaws the shark caves in the port side of the orca and that's that scene where roy scheider you know shoves the um scuba tank in its mouth when we come upon the orca at the bottom of Abney harbor or the atlantic ocean there's no caved in port side so that's the first continuity mistake in this movie it's not a big deal but you know yeah well just a little detail though if you're looking yeah, yeah. you know but I mean, I'm sure it was the kind of thing where they had built the prop, they'd sunk the prop, they're shooting the scene, and somebody, some ass like me is like, hey, you know what? The port side was totally caved in. And they were like, shut the hell up. We've already started shooting. Yeah, doesn't matter. Moving on. <laughs> so we get an immediate kill of, you know, spinning divers, not a lot of blood. Um, the camera hits the bottom, takes a couple of pictures. And then, you know, then, then we're basically, okay, you know, we're back to a cut of Chief Brody doing his thing in the office. You've got that callback to the first, that scene in, in Jaws, where you have like the eclectic locals coming in and they're all complaining about this, that, and the other. The difference this time being, now we're now four years later, in Jaws... Brody's overwhelmed and he's just, you can get the feeling of like, I'm new at the job. I really don't know how this place works just yet. And I'm just kind of like treading to stay above water, pun intended. In Jaws 2, he's like, you take care of this. You take care of that. I don't want to hear about this guy. You know, he closes the door. He's like, oh, we're going to check on a code 93. What does that mean? That means, you know, get me the hell out of here. or I don't want to hear this stuff. So he's very much in control. And I also think he's got a little bit of that shine on him of, hey, this is Chief Brody, the guy who, you know, survived the last shark attack. A great white shark and mean, lived to tell the tale. He, he, I think there's a little bit of trauma there, to be honest with you, still. Big time. In, um, uh, you know, because his demeanor is definitely very different, um, which we'll get more into that, because I do think what was actually going on behind the camera affects it a little bit allegedly i don't know i could be wrong but i think they did a smart thing and i think the 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 second scene that we get which is going right into the um the ribbon cutting at amity shores condominiums Mm -hmm. shows a very light-hearted brody wants to fool around with ellen you know they have a nice sweet dance together he's late and frazzled but there's like a playfulness to it um and kind of introduces to our our cast of teens but it's very lighthearted. right you know we've got the opening the two divers are dead no one knows about it yet brody is you know gunning it for the ribbon cutting and and it, you get that sense of like okay this man went through something traumatic but it's not it's not at the surface. Right. We'll get there, which I think is interesting about Jaws too. Is that once the pieces start to fall into place, and Brody's really the only one who can see it, that trauma that you that like PTSD, mm-hmm. I mean that bubbles up to the surface immediately. Oh yeah, immediately. Which I but I like that it's not there right off the bat. 
which we'll get to, which is kind of a callback to the John D. Hancock version of the movie, who's going to be a lot darker, a lot more character-driven. Roy Scheider loved that script more, so that led to a lot of tension oh, as well. Yeah. Because it was Cause, a character piece. Because I think him and uh, Jeanette Swark didn't agree on a lot of things. No. Yeah. No, I mean, to, to the point where they did get into a fistfight at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but... Jaws 2, for what it's worth, is probably, I mean, is certainly the best sequel of the four. But if there was no Jaws 1, Jaws 2 would, in stature, be a much greater film. It'd still be a B movie, right. but it would be regarded way higher. Okay. If there was no Jaws 1, I think. Okay, well, it's possible. I mean, it's it's, it's continuing the characters. It's not like it bounced off at a different location. This is a different shark. Well, obviously, it's a different shark, obviously, but it's, um, you know, it, it, but it, it's it's following the same, uh, you know, human characters that, you know, saw the shark, um, you know, face-to-face and lived to tell the tale about it, at mm. least. And, uh, I mean, I, I find it admirable that they're willing to get back into the water because I, I don't think I would. No. <laughs> I'd be living in the middle of Idaho. Yeah. You know? When the spring you know, you know, the desert cry. sounds great. <laughs> exactly. Nothing could get you in the desert. Yeah. But uh yeah. Ellen packing bags when going to Nevada. <laughs> like I don't know if I it's it's an admirable that they would even stay. So it's um so it I think it also harped off of that too, where if it was by itself, it definitely would it definitely would feel like a completely different movie for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Because... Yeah. Again, certain people who were in the original Jaws got carried over into Jaws 2. Um, you know, Roy Scheider himself be, being under contract because he didn't want to be associated with oh it. Oh, my God. No, like, at all. And But in a weird way, well, maybe not weird. I don't know. You, you tell me if I'm, you know, maybe over-speaking about it. But it, it so his, like, frustrations and tensions it actually kind of helped add to the film. It because did. he's literally saying, like, this is clearly a shark and people are going may not be and you're like what (laughs) yeah everyone's just like oh this guy again he won man of the year in 1975 which you see that statue he won man of the year yes he did yes he did you're like oh this guy again with the fucking sharks and people aren't paying attention to him and he's like i'm the fucking chief of this town i know what i'm talking about and again and he says it i've seen one up close yeah like that again i would be freaking traumatized so i i get his it, it like i said i feel like his frustrations like i'm you know, of course, I don't want anybody to be upset in their job and their work and, you know, to be miserable. Like, I don't, I don't want that upon anybody. If you're miserable at your job, you know, by all means, like, you, you, you know, it's it's no way to live. Um, but he, uh, I feel like it, it added to the film, like, in a good way. It added to the film in a good way. And honestly, let's get into it now. Let's get into it now. Uh, all right. So let's talk about why Roy Scheider is in Jaws 2 when he desperately did not want to be in this movie. Um, and by the way, let's also let's also get this out of the way. He gives a great performance. He does. He does not phone it in, does not dial it in. You would think, I mean... He, as much he, as he tried getting out of it, yeah. it it's he, he still carries it, and yeah. I. You would think he would tank the film. Yeah, exactly. You and know? He doesn't. Okay, so here's the story <clears throat> of, of Roy Scheider and what happened. So, uh, Jaws, uh, the original movie comes out. They sign uh, Dreyfus and uh, Richard Dreyfus, Robert Shaw, and Roy Scheider to contracts. Shaw and Dreyfus sign a one-picture deal, that picture being Jaws. Scheider signs a three-picture deal. 
that sorry a four picture deal the first movie being jaws then uh that comes out huge success you know establishes the blockbuster Scheider then goes into to do William Friedkin's uh Sorcerer which sinners I'm gonna tell you right now if you haven't seen this film sit down and watch this movie William Friedkin does uh uh Sorcerer is um an adaptation of the Wages of Fear the film Wages of Fear it is a unbelievable movie um, the practical effects in this movie, they do, they're transporting two trucks, transporting unstable nitroglycerin through the, uh, South American rainforest to put out an oil well fire. And when I tell you this movie is tension on screen and the way it's filmed and some of the things that they do with this two and a half ton, these two and a half ton trucks in the South American jungle. There's a suspension bridge scene that they did practically where you cannot believe that people did not die on this wow. movie. I want to look further into that because I've never seen that movie. Besides the fact that Wages of Fear and Sorcerer, are the two of them stand alone on their own. They are incredible films. So if you haven't seen them, go check them out. But back to our back to our Roy Scheider uh, issue. So he's done Sorcerer and that's 77 and um, that fulfills his second movie. Sorcerer comes out when fucking Star Wars comes out. So it just gets, you know, completely different film. Also, at that time, the first 20 minutes, you've got uh, you've got a Palestinian, uh, uh, a Frenchman, an American, and uh, then they all end up in, um, I'm, I'm going to say Bolivia. I may be wrong. But the first 20 minutes of this film are filmed in the native languages. So audiences were, were turned off because they thought they had walked into a foreign film. Well, okay. So, I mean, now sensibilities and tastes are much different. But that was back then in 77. And people were like, I thought I was going to go see a Roy Scheider film. This guy, you know, after the seven ups and jaws, this guy's going to be kicking ass. And I get in there and I've got a Frenchman eating escargot talking about, you know, financial situations. I think I'm in the wrong fucking movie. Oh, boy. So, yeah, it was it, it, it just it Sound didn't like it immediately got blanketed. It by, didn't land. Yeah. Star Wars ate its lunch and sucked all the oxygen out of the room for honestly most films during uh, 77. So now Roy Scheider's not feeling great about his career and here comes Universal knocking saying, look, we're starting pre-production on Jaws 2 and we desperately want you to be in this movie. What Roy Scheider had done, which I guess at the time, his, you know, his management thought that this was a, a, a win, but he had negotiated his salary for those four movies. Okay. So his salary was locked in. Okay. Now they want him. Now he's got the boost of Jaws. But he, you know, and, and Roy Scheider, he, there, are, there are good and there are bad stories about everyone. But they, Roy Scheider had felt at this time that his worth was a lot more than what he had previously negotiated. Which which often happens when you're getting asked to come back to a sequel. Yeah. Like, oh, we did so great the first time. Now they want me back a second time. They, you're going to ask for a raise. He felt like they were getting him for a song. So, I mean, he went as far as to wreck his suite at the Beverly uh the Beverly Hills Hotel mm -hmm. and to plead insanity mm -hmm. to see if he, he could get out of his contract. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we, we, we deal with actors. <laughs> we, we deal with yeah, crazy people all the time. This, this, this is a Tuesday afternoon guy. <laughs> like, 
so unfortunately that did not work though what, for him what finally got him on screen in jaws 2 though is they said look you know we're at the point now where we're going to recast we'd love to have you on the film we're going to pay you four times as much and uh and uh Scheider negotiated that jaws 2 would count as his last two films so then he's free and clear from universal and done deal so he ends up being in jaws 2. at this point john hancock is uh shooting the script and he likes the script because amity is completely run down never recovered from uh the attacks in the first film places are boarded up it's going to be way more of a character piece sure there's going to be a shark involved and there are going to be some brutal attacks but it is, it's going to deal much more with Roy Scheider coming to grips with what he had been through in the past and how he deals with this new threat in the future. And it was it was going to be a lot more character-driven. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, poor John D. Hancock, he gets caught between the, you know, the, the meat grinder of of uh richard zanuck who's producing the film and sid scheinberg who uh was the president of universal at the time the meat grinder being that the original jaws zanuck wanted his then wife uh to uh who played zora in planet of the apes to be ellen brody sid scheinberg wanted his wife uh lorraine gray to play uh ellen brody you know who won (laughs) (laughs) richard zanuck's wife did divorce him uh and ellen uh i'm sorry and then um uh lorraine gray uh got the part incredibly great actress i really like what she did in both movies um you know we don't need to talk about jaws the revenge the revenge at all but i thought she was very solid in jaws and in, in this movie but but poor um john hancock he's trying to please both of these guys and there's a really, really good documentary uh, 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 interview with him uh, on the Daily Jaws. Uh, it's about 20 minutes long, and he goes over the woes that were being the director on this film. And he says that what he should have done is he should have sat both of these gentlemen down in a room, close the door, and say, come out when you have a direction that you both agree on. Because he was just trying to please both of them. So that meant that one of them was mad at him at all times because they both wanted polar opposite things. He gets fired a month into uh, the production and then they bring on uh, Jeannot Swark and Shatter had no respect for him because he called him a TV director. You know, he really didn't have uh, a lot of the bona fides that that Shatter was looking for. But honestly, I think you could have plugged anybody in there. They got rid of Shatter's script that he liked. They got rid of Shatter's director that he had agreed to and he didn't want to be there to begin with. Right. So, you know, Jeannot... It just kinda... wasn't, it wasn't a good start. No. At all. Like, <laughs> it's contentious it's amazing that hell. they It's amazing that they completed the film under right? those circumstances. Like, it's actually kind of a, a miraculous. And, and when you know the whole beginning... Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's crazy. So, Sinners, that's just, I, we just want to lay it out. So, you, that's the story between our, our lead actor and our director. And the fact that this movie is as capable in what it finally produces and really hits the beats um look is it a great movie no but is it a solid good b movie uh, especially with the pedigree that it had to follow absolutely so let's get back into it we established we got our cast now we meet our teens at the ribbon cutting we've got uh you know we've met all the brodies now we get to um uh the one of the two 
remaining shots that John Hancock had filmed, which I really, really like. We leave the ribbon cutting and we go to this scene on the harbor, Amity Harbor, and we see the fin come up and then slowly glide under the surface. So we know our threat has made residence in this town now. And it's like that blue eerie glow and that blue eerie shot, which Hancock was going to use for a lot of the film. You know the dock scene in Jaws where uh, the two guys, they hook the wife's, uh, you know, prime roast and they toss it in and then the dock gets pulled out. You know how that scene is, has that like blue pre-dawn glow to it? Yes. Hancock supposedly was going to shoot a lot of this movie in that kind of... of, of uh, aura like yeah the, those like a... visuals okay which is really really interesting you know you could see that Scheider would be like yeah 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 that's i like that i like that vibe of it unfortunately we only get that shot um so but i thought it was masterfully done and i really really like that it's very moody it's very atmospheric and creepy but now we know mm, we got a problem <laughs> so just a few let me put my eyeballs back on here okay so <laughs> We then cut to, um, we got the teens on the dock, and this is um, this is establishing their rapport. And, you know, this is also establishing, like, this is a little bit of borrowing from kind of like uh, California cruise culture. Okay. You know, instead of cruising the strip in your hot rod, these kids are on catamarans and sailboats, and they're kind of tricked out, and they all know what they're doing. And I, I liked it. I liked that. Oh, wait, I want to, I just want to do a callback real quick visually. Sure. I thought one of the cute things that they did, um, with the uh, ribbon cutting scene. Oh, by the way, Brody's late for the ribbon cutting and he's driving over the bridge and I had never noticed this before. And then he pulls up via the beach. I'm like, what? Where the fuck where, is the where road? Is the, where, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually had that thought too. I was just like, don't, it looks like there's one part where I'm sure it's just like a long dock, but I'm like, where is he going? Like, where is it is going to? <laughs> yeah. what, what are the mechanics of Amityville? It's crazy place and it's it was like it was supposed to be like the grand opening of their new hotel yeah and there's so no it's like so road. Where, <laughs> how did the travelers get there yeah no it's i don't think this is a good investment <laughs> it, was, it was yeah it's i mean i guess you have to be part of that kind of a town and you know the, the beaches are part of the roads i don't know but, but wait, wait. i had that thought too yeah. like it looks like he's just driving right on the water in like one of the opening scenes he literally pulls him up from the beach and i'm like what is going on here one of the kids things... anywhere it's not a it's a parking space right. just you know normally where i lay my beach towel this is not... <laughs> that's where he parks his jeep it makes me think there are bigger problems in amity than a shark all right they're definitely bigger problems they need to look at their infrastructure <laughs> So one of the cute things I saw That's though, another movie. Exactly. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. They um they have the buffet is in um Mike's sailboat from the first Jaws movie, the one from the when the shark is in the, the pond. That fucking buffet is in his goddamn sailboat. They have it set up. I'm like, I see you, Jaws too. Mm -hmm, I see mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was I thought that was cute. So we've got the kids on their on the dock and they're you know, we, we see how they're spending their summers and uh there's conflict because uh oh, Mike's gotta get a job, but he's also looking to get laid, so this it's, it's the internal conflict of teenage drama, you know. Yeah, of teen Mike. Yeah. But I thought I liked the I liked the dynamic. You had the nerdy kids, you had the townies, mm -hmm. you had the summer kids, right? Yeah. You know, so there's a, a nice little mix there. Summer summers in full vibe. Mm -hmm. you know, you yep. know, yeah, they they have that setting, really good. 
So then we're back in Brody's office to get a little bit more of how he is well-established in the role of sheriff. Um, and he's no longer the newcomer. And I like that. I like the dynamic. Then we, then we go to the second scene that Hancock had shot that is kept in the film. And this is a really great scene. This is a Spinnaker scene. So, Sinners, if you don't know what Spinnaker sailing is, it's when they take a massive sail on a sailboat and they untie or they loosen one end of it. They set up uh, like basically like a little um, uh, board bench that you sit in and then they let the Spinnaker sail catch wind and you go flying the fuck up. <laughs> Into the air, and I've done this once and once in my life. Have and you? Only, oh yeah, I did. I it didn't once. Even know that you did that. It's so fucking scary. It's terrifying. It's, it's, it sounds terrifying. Because because you go, you can literally the spinnaker sail can go higher than the mast, so you can literally go as high as the mast, which could be three, four stories. Like, and if you fall out of that thing, it's gonna hurt. Yeah. Also, the fact that I had already seen Jaws do it this time, so I was just waiting to get my asshole eaten <laughs> by a great white shark so yeah one one and done one, for me either one it's bad <laughs> but this is a banger of a scene because it really plays with the visuals are fantastic because you have that that uh from the the bottom of the ocean up visuals of the the guy the the kid struggling to get the line clear and you're getting closer and the music is building and you're getting closer and then the wind picks up and and scoops the guy right out of the water but then you go to to a surface shot in broad daylight and you actually see that fin that dorsal fin just flick the surface and go back down man oh man it is done so well really one of my favorite scenes and it kind of plays into that whole like fast fish from the first movie you know you get the you get an idea of the power of this this shark which i love so now um we've got that goes into the the water ski scene so we've got the spinnaker scene where it's a close call and then all of a sudden the ski boat goes past and it and you can see you know you feel it like oh jaws's attention is captured by the the um uh water skier and this is my favorite scene in the whole movie okay <laughs> all right but i'm I, i'm sucking all the oxygen out of the room no you're not absolutely no talk I, to I, me I, about I the, like talk to me about the ski boat scene because i have plenty to say about it okay so the ski boat scene um i mean i actually really enjoyed that scene it's 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 uh it's it's very dramatic it <laughs> so well yeah, yes absolutely it's definitely one of like the the better um somewhat like the better kill scenes because uh, before I get into it, I know, uh, so obviously in the original Jaws, again, just to kind of for comparison, um, sake, um, you know, you got that scene in the very beginning, like, and when do you see the, the shark exactly? Like, it's about an hour into the film, I would say, originally, right? Yes. So what, in the original attack and in, in all, in all those, you know, like you, ever you know like everyone was playing with the idea that it possibly it's a it's a mystical you don't see the damn shark a, until it pops up it's a up. mystical sea creature when, and then to find out wait it's just a fucking shark like it's a, it's a creature that actually exists so yeah. that was the almost like somewhat of a twist in in the original jaws yep so now just knowing that we get through the movie oh my god sharks bah beaches bad don't go you know things like that the the drama that that created now we're in Jaws 2. Uh, so by the time, uh, you know, Swark uh, got signed on to uh, direct, once they finally figured that out, the, he decided that 
all those scenes, especially that opening scene, it's been done already, right? So it, we're, we're, you know, we're now we're just he wanted to show the shark a, a lot more, yeah, right? So now we have our um, our our killer slasher, you know, uh, uh if you will. So now, uh, we get to the scene of uh, you know, it's just two girls, one is driving the boat, the other girl is um, very well, you know, looks like a very um professional she real good water she was skier. a great water skier yeah, yeah. So it was because it was, it was, that was kind of like a long scene too just watching her go i was impressed by that almost kind of forgetting wait there's a shark <laughs> i can remember in the theater there's this scene where she almost eats it on the ski because she's doing a slalom ski and she does like a little dip and the whole theater was like ah! <laughs> and she got eaten a minute later but <laughs> yeah exactly it's just like oh which which one do you want and um but it shows that that scene was working absolutely absolutely now if you know anything about great white sharks and actually how they attack uh because they're known to attack seals and and uh you know sometimes seals can be like kind of like above just like floating in the water and they actually come up they come from under and they come up and they can get out i think they're actually the only shark that will jump out of the water Reach. in yeah in in order to sometimes fully 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 out like which it's crazy like, it's probably shark week. yeah it's probably something amazing to see in person um not that they necessarily from did the that the, well <laughs> yeah from from safe, yeah. from safe in my living room on screen <laughs> yes it's it's mystifying to see <laughs> but um so that's typically how obviously they couldn't do a shot like that because obviously this is a, a, a mechanic it, it was the same mechanism yeah. as the original bruce they created three more um bruce twos i think is what they ended up calling them um because the originals you know being in sea and salt water they were already rotted and and you know there's already a lot of stories with the um that shark mechanism breaking down a lot due to the salt water, uh, mostly. This was no different, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Um, allegedly, there was a, a part where, like, um, I think the the one of them, the, one of the models, actually, the shark's mouth like couldn't close. So, like, there's certain scenes where you just see it, it stays open, and <laughs> that's pretty much the why. But uh, but I'm I'm veering off. But anyway, so we get the um, I believe they kind of intend the attack just via visual like camera visuals like obviously you're underwater and you see the skier but you see him it's he comes up and under yeah um and again like i guess they had to rely on close editing for that so you know you see you see the bubbles you see a close-up of the shark you see maybe like her leg <laughs> you know like and you know but on the top you know you definitely see her fall into the water and then her friend turns around and does not see her friend anymore so you know figures typical she fell right and she turns the boat around and goes to look for her and you know now she can't find her which is um to, to me alone that's terrifying yeah. already like especially if i'm the driver on the boat and i can't find my friend terrifying but um so and, and now this is like the 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 big scene right where he just he just all of a sudden he just crashes right into the boat like into i it. mean now we're <laughs> we are seeing the shark and, yeah. we're, and we're, we he is there he is prominent he is and he is coming after you after yep. uh the driver now onto the boat which i can only imagine what was going through her head at that time 
probably not a whole lot of uh, uh not much is i don't think there's, there's no time to react do you know what i was thinking of during this kill was the off-screen kill from the original jaws uh -huh. uh, ben gardner okay that's ben gardner's boat and you see like the hole in the hall mm -hmm. and then of course the head comes down and hooper freaks out but like this was kind of showing you oh shit this is what happened to ben gardner okay know? um I still... Or even kind of The Shining, too, as, you know, Jack bursting through the door, the splintered yeah. through the doors, you know, in yeah. a way, like, just, I'm here, hello, you're gonna die. But, yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, if you kind of want to think of it that way, if, if, if you, you know, if you've never seen the scene, and if I can give you a visual. <laughs> I, will say, I will say, for what it's worth, we're talking about, this would have been filmed in 77. Uh-huh. I will say that this shark looks pretty good. Yeah, I would say so too. The, the, the construction of the shark, they got rid of the jowls, or they, sorry, they created jowls for this one, which got rid of the puppet mouth Right. in the first shark. I mean, look, guys, no blasphemy here. I fucking love original Jaws. I love Bruce. Love everything about Bruce. Mm -hmm. And But a lot of what Spielberg did was to hide Bruce because the goddamn shark just didn't work. This shark worked better. A lot of issues with it. But they did add a couple of things to it. They, they added the head tilt. Mm -hmm. They also shot the damn shark differently. They actually had... They would have the cameraman on a cowboy saddle on uh, Jaws 2.0 yeah, back. Yeah, he like literally rode it like a like, yeah. like a horse. Yeah, you, you got a lot of 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 dorsal fin front of the shark perspective in this movie. I mean, when I say a lot, Shannon, a lot. Like, there's <laughs> a lot of POV shots from the back of the shark, so you can see like yeah. the snout. It works again it, to show the shark a lot, like yeah. Bork wanted. It's effective, mm -hmm. you yeah. know. They they sharked out in this movie. My one problem with Jaws, which you know, it's look, I'm just going to call it for what it is. It's a bloodless movie. Yeah. It's a very bloodless movie. Yeah. We have. And this one starts off kind of the same. I was a little surprised about that, which is not something I really remembered yeah. until I rewatched it recently. And I'm like, yeah, there's a, there's, I only recall like one scene with blood. No, you honestly, got, which we'll get to that, but go back to, go back to Jaws, which was PG. You've got, I mean, Alex Kittner gets killed and there's a fucking fountain of blood. Mm -hmm. a fountain of blood mm -hmm. uh you, you chrissy's bloodless attack it shot at night that makes sense but you've got the um estuary attack the pond attack with the guy in the rowboat his fucking leg uh, floats down yeah you see the severed leg quint is nothing but squibs and blood for a good 10 second scene fantastic scene right fantastic i mean scene. Uh, uh, am I am I missing anybody? Else? I mean, that's a lot. There's just a lot of gore, and there's a lot of blood in in the first movie. It was a very conscious decision to remove that in the second movie, mm -hmm. which. Um, is that why they decided uh, because before you continue so it was still in the scene after the shark get you know breaks through the boat makes himself known mm -hmm. they the girl i mean you know spoiler alert the girl does end up dying but not by the shark no she blows herself she blows, off. yeah but like and with, by act very much was, by i was just gonna say yeah like was it because like it looks like she's pouring it on herself the gasoline first of all why do you have gasoline why would you, uh, you would have gasoline on a, on a uh, outboard okay. motor because you're oh, you're for, gonna run okay, gas. Okay, yeah. got it, got it, got it. Okay, because I remember I thought that was weird. I was like, why did you just have that? <laughs> but I guess that makes sense. Okay, I'm clearly I'm not a sailor. I'm not a, I'm not a boat person. So there you go. Thank you for that show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell? Am, who am I doing this podcast for? I don't know anything about outboard motors. <laughs> <laughs> like what am I doing? Jeez, fuck. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah so she it, it, i mean it's hard to say if she's actually pouring it on herself because she could be stumbling because obviously the boat is rocking yeah um it, it's possible she did absolutely try to get it on the shark um he sells the panic real well she, yeah oh absolutely Definitely absolutely so it panic. really could have been any one of those things because uh, how long does she have to react i want to say five fucking seconds like because yeah, the goddamn boat's sinking I yeah mean, absolutely so George... you're gonna get eaten anyway so yeah. she probably went out, out in a much better way but yeah but then um um, something ignites uh she blows up um a ne- or nearby neighbor sitting on a porch sees it mm-hmm. and now this is what um which is kind of cool i think for the remainder of the film now this actually scars the shark's face yeah like he's on fire and now it's, sure. yeah so he becomes um you know um you know like half of his face like is, is very very burnt and then you know you see it in the rest of the film we're gonna we're making him an interesting character now when we're done with the, with the summary, what's the first thing we're going to get into is is the slasher tropes. Burnt face, scarred villain is canon in slasher movies. So let's just, we're not going to get into it now, but let's just call it when we see it. So canon uh, input number one, scarred face. Okay, Jaws 2. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know what? I will throw in our second one because they're already horned up and they've already established it. These teens, they just want to, Drink and have sex and have a fun summer. Canon number two. All right. Swark not getting credit for establishing, uh, for helping to establish slasher movies. That's all I'm saying. So now, okay. So now we're starting, we're starting to rack up some deaths. Brody already had two missing divers, but he's like, ugh, Rhode Island assholes. Uh, they, you know, we'll, we'll, they'll wash up somewhere. Now we've got a blown up ski boat and a missing uh, skier. Um, so now it's like, all right, we're not screaming shark just yet, but Brody is definitely like, what? All right, okay, we got some, now the deaths are starting to stack up. So he's not necessarily hitting the shark button, pounding on it, right? but he is like, this is getting weird. Well, unless the, the blowing, uh, again, like the, the, the boat blow exploding i that might have thrown everybody off because yeah. they, they were passing it off like that's just a tragic accident and that's yeah. how they died i feel like he's the only the one end. though looking around like you got no one no one's seeing like this yeah. is kind of weird for a sleepy little beach right? community like, you know, sharks still exist right? yeah <laughs> but he's just like all right we can explain all the deaths last time to this uh eating machine right it's four years later and now i'm stacking up missing people and it's just starting to feel a little bit weird now here we get we got um we got lenny hendrix out on the boat with the old man in the sea and they're in that little uh uh cute little uh uh sheriff's boat i don't know what to call it again in the comment section you can blow us up for not knowing nautical terms but let's call it the police boat So he's out there, and now we have Chekhov's power line because they established that there is a like it's pretty much like I don't have any other name. Sorry to, to to distract you there, but yeah, like no, that's what I would call it. It's the police. We're calling it the police boat. So one of you asses is going to be like, well, it's called the uh, Fathom Four Five. Okay, it's called the schooner. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, good for you. It's called the police boat in this podcast ass all right so we've established there is a honking power line that goes from the mainland to amity so we'll you know again it's Chekhov's power line we know we're going to get back to it later on in the film but they have to establish that there's one there and look they do a pretty good job of doing that mm-hmm. it's a callback to jaws in the first movie uh 
taking the or or orca backwards because the same damn thing happens here and everyone in the audience is like oh my god they've hooked jaws they've hooked jaws i know when i saw it i did and it turns out it's the power line so there we go so now now thing shit gets real because tina and eddie uh eddie you know these things happen in the 70s all the time or so i hear you'd be strumming your guitar wooing your your fine lady on the beach there's a lot of guitars in this movie there's a lot of guitars a lot people, of guitars. people just want to vibe they just want to live can we br- know. should we bring that back should we just randomly start playing guitar for our spouse <laughs> and start to bring it back i, I mean mine will definitely sound like a dying cat but I mean, we can try sinners <laughs> my my gorgeous love of my life wife jennifer if i started strumming a fucking guitar would be like are you having a stroke and would commit me in no time flat yeah so I think my husband would just be like just 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 stop it's fine just <laughs> sinners if you're feeling it have at it and if it works for you please let us know let us know in the comment section so now tina and eddie are fooling around and they're chasing each other and they're cute as can be and they come over the dune and there is this massive orca that has enormous bites taken out of it by the way vxf artists and i'm so sorry i should have looked up who did the via via fx for this movie you know why i didn't because now our vxf people are celebrities in their own right and this is shame on me and you know what, everybody? We're going to pause the podcast and we're going to give a shout out where a shout out is due. And we're going to give these people credit because that orca is so damn realistic. And those wounds look so incredibly real. Uh, the, bite, the, the, the face bite, especially, because you can see the teeth. It's almost like a, like a, a human skull, like if someone were to take your, your cheek away. And you can see the the um, dental work on underneath. That's what these people did for this orca. So now we've got Chief Brody is called on the scene, and he's like, no, because at this point he could kind of chalk up two divers, get careless, and uh, run out of oxygen, get caught in currents, and tragic, but they die. But it's natural. It's a they can explain it naturally. Yeah, and you he, think it happened underwater too, he, regarding things like that. He could explain yeah. p- poor careless boating, <clears throat> and the boat gets blown up. Even though it's a little odd, you could still rationalize this was human error. Mm-hmm. Now he sees this orca, which is massive. Oh, by the way, a little fun fact: found out through my research that the orca is in uh, Jaws is named the orca because it's the only. Um, animal that could beat a great white shark. That is a okay. that is a predator to the great white great white great shark. White. Which which I did which I did kind of figure that I was also wondering if it was a ploy to the previous boat that got destroyed, as is also called the orca. Could be. So I, like I thought both. I thought that was kind of you know what? it could be both. Yeah, it could be both. I like it both. But yeah, this... that's but that's why I assumed why also too they went with the uh, killer whale. This is AKA orca. This is Jaws two saying on. there are there are no predators yes. greater greater than us. <laughs> okay, all right, take it easy, Jaws two. So, all right, I love this scene. I love it for so many reasons. The VFX are just so good and juicy and real, and I love everything about it. Drink it in. I love this scene because this marine biologist, I think it's Dr. Elkin, maybe her name, she could give a shit about anything <laughs> she, she Brody has to say. Yeah, and just, just like, yeah, it could be, could be, it could be this, it could be that. When like, he, I'm like, it just... But, 
I, she's just, she's not listening to anything. Well, to be fair, she's like, I just, can I look at the fucking whale for two (laughs) seconds? He is like a chihuahua circling her and he is all jacked up on, uh, now he's sharking out and he's just like, you know, how big was the shark who did this? That shark bite. We got to measure the radius of the shark bite. Shark, 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 shark. And she's just And it like, doesn't help that he's correct. No, I mean... <laughs> well, it does, but it doesn't, and this, and at least for her sake, anyway. She's he's like, get com- the fuck away from me. <laughs> he's coming at her like we came at this podcast last week. He is so Excited full of cocaine. And, yeah. He's so coked up Brody right now. And he's just shark, 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 shark. And when she turns to him and he's like, well, you know, it's got to be a great white. And she's like, well, we don't know that, do we? And she's so dismissive. And I so enjoy her (laughs) annoyance at him during this entire scene. She does. She does come around, though. At the end of the scene, she does come around and she's like, look, this is this was she says this was either a great, great white or I think she says another orca. But she yeah, does she, come yeah, around. I think to she it. assumes like she it could be another orca too. Yeah, because they're 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 brutal. They're brutal creatures as well. But I just absolutely love it. So, um, I did make a note in this part. So Chief Brody makes sure that Mike comes back with him in the car, but tells Andy to take his boat back. So I'm like. Chief Brody, yeah, hold, like, on, hold on a second here, Mister yeah. to protect and serve. Yeah, your friends could be in danger. Yeah. My son, <laughs> well, you're just like we have such a short problem. It is an enormous short problem. Mike, get in the car. You other kids, have fun sailing your boat. Your boat's back. Be safe. I hope, just hope to see you back at the dock. I hope it works out for you. You know, uh, yeah, but <laughs> now, now from here, so now we've established that Chief Brody knows we have a short problem turns out he's going to be the only one who recognizes we have a shark problem actually through the entirety of the film this movie ends with not one person in town even knowing that there is a shark yeah i agree which but until those kids come back basically towards the end i'm skipping ahead but you, you get you know but, yeah, was, but they're the only ones that see it i was this year's old until i found that out those <laughs> words just came out of my mouth and i'm like oh my god i think i might be right so yeah everybody in town is just like what is fucking she brody up to now with yeah. his shenanigans i'm so glad we fired him so now we got mayor vaughn uh comes into we've got uh uh mayor vaughn comes in and uh i never really understood why he is dismissive of brody being really effective in the first movie with the hospital scene where he does sign the check for Quint and you can tell he's very shaken up because his kids were on the beach as well and like he's the mayor of Shark City. I found out through the research of this film that that that's really editing. They he was more let's try and see this for like from every angle but I'm listening to you and I see you and I hear you. There was actually a scene that was cut from the film when Brody gets fired which we'll get to in a second. He was the one vote he was the one no let's keep him vote and they cut that from the movie which I think humanizes um uh Mayor Vaughn a little bit because he was our villain in the the first movie. In some yeah. A little tragic, tragic uh, news that that Murray Hamilton, who's a fantastic, fantastic actor, you really want to dine out on Murray Hamilton. Watch Paul Newman uh, in The Hustler. Um, I mean, it's it's just classic film, but he's fantastic in that. But he's really, really good character actor, um, which is my jam. Love character actors. So uh, his wife was getting diagnosed. Was 
getting treated for cancer. Yeah. He was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. So, uh, Genot was kind enough to shoot his, uh, his scenes very fast. I think was, he was only on he, set for a week. He was, right. he was about to walk out and, oh my God, forgive me. He was actually, I believe it was the producer that stopped him or the executive producer. Um, that, Cause he that was like, I gotta be with my wife. He had, right? Yeah. He had, he watched him, uh, met him in the lobby, bags packed, walking out. Obviously my wife doesn't have, have long to live. Nothing can keep me from her, you know, and that's understandably so obviously. So this, um, I believe it was David Brown who okay. actually spoke to him and, um, Mensch. and, and, uh, he's yes. And he, and he worked out a deal with him where he goes, how about stay, give me two days, two days. And we're going to film only your scenes for oh. the next two days. I mean, that is, and that's, that's a community and they, again. and yeah. So he, uh, pulled back and told everybody we're we're switching gears. We're changing, um, our scheduling a bit because this is what's happening. This is what we're working with. Let him finish his scene so he can go and be free of this job and go be with his wife. So that was, um, thank you for, that was very nice. Very, very kind. Very nice. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, yeah. So I can only imagine, you know, Sinners, I'll say this. Even I'll say two this. Days, you know, we typically, you know, movie nerds, we dine out on the, uh, you know, the behind the scenes stories of all the the shenanigans and and you know, this one hates this one, but but there are a lot of stories of people coming together and helping out like this that probably get ignored because they're not juicy. But from my limited exposure to film sets and people in the industry, it seems like this is typically the norm. You know, I'm sure things like this happen all the time. Oh, people yeah, take care sure. of each other. Absolutely. You know? so, Which is wanna, nice. I just want to illustrate that. Yeah. So, so that's our, 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 our mayor of one is now injected into the film. Um, and Murray Hamilton, of course, you know, seasoned professional does bang up job. Now we get to, to a scene, which, which in my research, and I want to get your take on this, Jen, this is a very divisive scene. And I, it, I had no idea that it was, it's the scene that we get to gang where Brody is driving along the beach, I guess, doing his patrol or probably having his 30th cigarette of the day. <laughs> and a lot of smoking. A lot of smoking in this film. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of stress. Oh, as a former smoker, love 70s films. He uh, probably, he probably was really smoking that like much, to. actually. Right? <laughs> I'm wondering if he was. <laughs> so our man is cruising the beach and he sees a piece of a hull from a boat. Now, now, Chief Brody knows that we had an exploded boat, so he's definitely putting two and two together. Like, all right, I know that this could be just some silly piece of whatever, whatever, but it actually could be a piece of evidence. Mm -hmm. I, I always saw that as he knew a boat exploded, and this is evidence, because I found out through my research, people are like, why in the world would he go into the water for a piece of, of driftwood? You know, and I'm like, it's, right. it's, it's painted blue, and he knows a boat exploded, so I get it. Man, oh man, a lot of people mad at this scene. Really? A lot of people are like, nobody would do that. Nobody would, would jump into the water and do that. And I'm like, I think I might. Yeah, but you know, but you know, but the, the, the girl that wants to just find the guy to get laid really shouldn't go looking for him in a barn in the middle of the night either. Thank you. But she does, and yeah. we and we get our kill scene. Or or a shock scene, depending oh, on what we're going for. So this is more obviously not a kill scene, this is a shock scene. And, so, and that was the point of it, and uh, I don't know. I don't. I didn't care who. Like, it, it's. I got the shock. The large part of the, of yeah. the horror community upset the shark wasn't in this scene because they feel that the Jaws music indicates the presence of the shark. To which I say, did you want Chief Brody to be killed thirty five so, minutes into this movie? But in a way, that's okay. So hear me out. You know, you can 
agree or disagree with me i still agree that the presence was there it doesn't have to be the actual shark okay it was his aftermath that was left in presence so to me that sold to me that um that scene to instill the music it, it, uh you know again it uh, granted we don't get the actual shark we don't know where he is he might not be that far that's that's the thing and what? i think that's all that that really that part really needed to say like this shark is very very near and here is one it, that was one of the divers right was the that that was the water ski and the boat drive oh that was the water ski. Yep. okay okay yes because you know because you know it's very hmm, doesn't, have, doesn't have doesn't have a face anymore Again, so fantastic it, it could have been either one I'm looking but yeah but this body right you know so he goes in for the driftwood you know to I would assume he would go in for the driftwood, though, just to ensure, like, because because I've seen driftwood before. It doesn't mean it came from an exploding boat, but maybe he needed it to compare it, you know, for, for he's the police, chief of police. I, that's, think, I, I, I think, think Brody's that was, a super cop, and I, I think do he's doing think, a bang-up job. I do think that was the, the point of that scene, was like, oh, let me see if that driftwood is from the boat. What's it going to tell him? He doesn't know in the moment, but that's just why you collect evidence. You collect, you know, you collect the smallest of things, and sometimes, um, I mean, not to go into, like, bounce into true crime, but there has been times where the smallest piece of evidence actually was the breaking point to prove said killer matched to said crime scene so i i think that was just kind of what was in his head to go out and go get this piece of driftwood all right you originally. ready oh we're go. gonna we're gonna do a quick just just so okay. that we can get it in you know the annals of history roy arbogast robert maddie john borghese kevin pike eddie sirkin gregory twyford and chris mueller uh, special effects and visual effects. Hey, you know what? 1977? Let's look into hiring a woman. You know what? I take it back. All right, you guys all did a great job, but shame on you, 77. Jesus. <laughs> different, different times. Different For times. For sake. <laughs> all right, but anyway, you, you all did great. Different times. I like how it was a backhanded compliment. <laughs> you pieces of shit. I know. I'm like, what? What? Was that a compliment? <laughs> I'm like, hey, you misogynistic bastards. <laughs> Good job. I hope you all got splinters. That was very, very good, very good. And you did a really good job with the burnt body. I uh, I thought that looked great. So now we get, um, th this is where we get the explanation of where in the world is Matthew Hooper. Um, he is on the Aurora in the Antarctica. They have to, I thought they is a really quick scene, but they establish, yeah. don't get your hopes up that, that yeah. Matt Hooper's showing up in Act 3. Mm -hmm. um, uh, by the way, just to... Uh, Put a pinpoint in this. Uh, Dreyfus had only signed that one picture deal, which also wasn't contractually obligated to show up in a sequel. He was filming with Spielberg. Uh, they were the shot for Close Encounters was going long. They were both tied up with Close Encounters, mm -hmm. so he couldn't have done it even if he wanted to, and he did not want to. And neither did Spielberg. Spielberg later on down the road said he could have possibly have been talked into doing um quint's story about the uss indianapolis if he ever were to do a jaws movie again but that was the only story that he would do okay gotcha so you got spielberg no interest drivers no interest they're also doing close encounters so that's why we have uh brody centric jaws 2 pretty much okay so that establishes where maddie hooper is now we've got uh uh now i made a note right here because i, I I have a problem. One of my problems with 
with Jaws 2. And this is a problem that was endemic of all 70s and 80s movies and possibly well into the 90s is super shitty dads. Super, super shitty dads. (laughs) And not even intentionally shitty dads because I think most people would be like, Chief Brody is an absolute dream dad and what a nice guy. But he he now knows that there's possibly a shark killing people. I mean, he really, he definitely knows after seeing the, the orca. He tells no one in his family. Hey guys at the dinner table. Hey, look, let's all, let's just keep it on dry land because we might have a gigantic shark problem. He just says, you're not going. Instead, he just, yeah, you're going to work for the rest of your life instead. And, and yeah. You know, I, I, you wouldn't be blamed if you were like, Mike Brody has kind of a shitty attitude toward, toward his dad. Yeah. You know what? I don't blame him. I probably, she, I probably would misbehave too. Like, fuck it. I want to, yeah, I want to be with my friends. I want to be a teenager. I want to live it up a little bit. Yeah. And what, why can't I? I mean, again, if I was in his shoes in the very beginning and came face to face with a shark, I don't think I'd ever get back in the water no, ever again. I don't think you'd be living on Amity to be fair. However. <laughs> that neither here nor there <laughs> but you know i guess admirable of him to you know your teenage mind took over and peer pressure i i don't know whatever super shitty dad and husband doesn't tell his wife yeah doesn't tell her either you right know? i mean she, and because he's like hey get get your paintbrush and your coveralls you're working out on the beach day and she's looking at him like it's his summer why don't you relax like what is this 180 you're doing here dude and he's like i'm gonna smoke eight more cigarettes and drink another gallon of coffee and go brood in the because that will fix everything oh by the way by the way sinners in jaws and jaws 2 i have a love affair with that goddamn uh police bronco whatever it is his little truck oh my god if I could just have his little police truck, I would be the happiest person in the world. It's so cool. Little things in life. Right. Look, I just tell you these things so you can get to know me a little better. You know? Oh my God, I love his little police truck. Okay, so but, now... But yeah, but they... He doesn't tell his family anything, which is... Doesn't tell his family anything. Yeah. And, and now we, we start going into the Brody shift in the movie, where he's happy-go-lucky, and he's kind of like the put-upon sheriff, but the lovable guy, and, you know he's he's cheap Brody. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From the first movie, the, you know, the kind of not in the first movie, he was a little bit more dorky. I, I, I would 
venture to say. In this, he's got his shit together because of the experience that he went through. But he is kind of like that lovable scamp around town. And now he starts becoming a little haunted, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I could see that. Like, he definitely dials up the tension Mm -hmm. internally. Because now we get the Shark Tower scene. So, um, this is where things really go poorly for Martin. He makes a cyanide bullets again, not telling his deputy. I'm like, what, what, what is the secret here, dude? Yeah. Like there's, you would think you would let everybody involved. So you could be like, have at it. I'm going to, I'll be in the coffee shop, you know, just have it, go investigate yourself. I've already done this once. Instead, he kind of takes upon himself to solve this mystery. The shark tower scene Unless he, unless he feels like he needs to bring solid evidence first. Yeah, maybe. I, 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 I'm not too sure. Maybe. I mean, I think he's thinking in his mind, I'm going to go up in the shark tower. The shark is going to come to the beach. I'm going to riddle it full of cyanide. And then and then I'll solve the problem. And even though people might be pissed at me, problem solved. Right. I, I killed the shark. I'll be the hero. Man of the year, 1978. Okay. It goes according to plan. Except for the fact that he kills the fuck out of a bunch of bluefish <laughs> and looks like a complete psychopath shooting his gun. Yeah. Here's my thing. This is the this is the box I feel like they painted themselves into. Okay. So they constructed a shark tower. Mm-hmm. And then when Chief Brody uses the shark tower, everyone in town is like, what an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said, what what's he, he doing? Remember, like the the mayor was like showing somebody around. And, Wait, like, you mean the mayor who's in a three piece suit in the middle of July, yeah, along that, with the other idiot? That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the one. I was sweating watching them. I'm like, what are you doing? Especially lately, like so we're filming in the middle of July right now, and just yesterday and today it was so hot, so, so hot. I'm like, I can't even imagine wearing a suit. So hot. So, I'm like, no one could have given him a linen linen slacks. No one. Yeah, nothing. I think, yeah, we would forgive you if you dressed. But yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Wearing a uh, three-piece suit in the middle of July. But yeah, so they're showing um, somebody around. Like, it was like a, a woman. Oh, the and investors. Had her, and, oh, the, the investors. Amity Shores okay. investors. Okay. Yeah. And she had her daughter next to her. And her daughter blurts out, oh, that's a shark tower. Which it cannot be mistake for anything but a yeah. friggin' shark. And they and the but then the guys are just like, oh no, 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 yeah, he's, he's just like, up there, uh, just shut up, you dumb keeping, kid. Yeah, just keeping an eye out for you know an he over and over for bird watching and weather yes, measurement. He's for bird watching and weather measurement. <laughs> yeah, look at the mother's face because she's looking at the man talking to her daughter, and then back at the man, and she's like. You're lying to my child. Yeah. <laughs> like, my daughter knows more than you. And then, of course, we've got Chief Brody that starts shooting into the water, screaming, shark, shark. <laughs> so, it doesn't look good for him in that no. particular scene. He definitely comes across as a psychopath. So we go immediately into the town hall scene, and then, you know, nobody believes him. Nobody, which bothers me again yeah <laughs> absolutely did he was he a huge honking ass on the beach and he shot the place up absolutely yeah well he immediately waving your gun around yeah. where there's children there, it's not a smart move <laughs> at all they do they do a call back to the dinner table scene in jaws though when sean oh by the way how adorable is sean oh yeah very cute sinners i'm gonna let you know a little secret all sean's <laughs> are adorable <laughs> the sooner you accept this fact 
the better off our relationship's gonna be. <laughs> but this kid is adorable. So then he, again, in 2023, or as I pronounce it, 2023, 2023. <laughs> he's helping him pick up the bullets. And I'm like, it's so oh, cute, he's, but it's also troubling. And he's helping his father pick up his ammunition. <laughs> but okay. it is still like, it's, yeah, it's still a cute scene that, um, you know, he might be a little bit embarrassed by his father, but he's yeah. also too young. Oh, and, and Mike is already, he, he's hiding behind the toilets. He's oh, like, my oh, dad's yeah. crazy. He wasn't even anywhere, near, he wasn't around. No. He wasn't anywhere no. near there. No way. All right, so we got the bad scene there. Uh, Brody gets fired. They cut the scene of Mayor Vaughn voting to keep him in, which I would have loved. But then we get to um, uh, then we get to Brody drunk. All right, I, I got to call this scene out because this is the funniest scene in the movie, and I'll tell you why. So Brody's drunk, and he kind of makes an ass of himself, and he's singing "Hail to the Chief," Chief, because we have sinners, Lenny Hendricks. And I'll repeat that. The man's name is Lenny Hendricks, is now the chief of police. And Roy Scheider comes in, and in the scene, calls him Jeff, which is his real name in real life, because that <laughs> actor, wonderful actor, is named Jeffrey Kramer. Yes. So Scheider calls him Jeff. And I, again, I was, you know, I've seen this movie a dozen times. I'm watching it this week, and I'm like, his name's fucking Lenny. I rewound it three times. I'm like, he calls him Jeff, like right to his face. And Jeff, Jeffrey Kramer, professional actor to his credit, doesn't break scene, but looks at Scheider waiting for him to break scene and go, oh, fuck, your name is Lenny in the movie, not Jeff. Sinners, I'm telling you, you got to watch this scene. It's so goddamn funny, and I'll tell you why. Because they then have Ellen Brody call Lenny Hendricks Jeff not once, but twice through ADR. ADR is additional dialogue recorded. It's recorded after the film has seen months later. And he, does, a, and he does it again. In a sound booth. So my thought, and again, this is pure speculation. My thought, but I, I swear to you sinners, I'm fucking right on this. <laughs> my thought is that Scheider filmed the scene. Fuck the lineup. Jeffrey Kramer was cool enough not to ruin the scene and stayed yeah, in character. Kept going, yeah. Jeno Schwark then said, cut, turned to Scheider and said, his fucking name is Lenny, you knob. Not, or in whatever it is in French. Not Jeff. That's his real name. And I swear to you, Roy Scheider probably said, I will kill everyone in this room. Yeah, he's like, I'm not doing the scene over. He, he, he absolutely refused to do the scene over. I'm sure he did. Because then they got to get poor Lorraine uh, Gray, uh, months later, films has to do two scene one scene with two times where she calls uh him jeff and i'm like i cannot believe that roy scheider was such a prick that they actually changed this fucking guy's name in the movie instead of refilming the scene Half, halfway through you know what He's, you're jeff now it is i like it's just my favorite thing i've been dining out on this all week long it's my favorite damn thing right now by the way all right i gotta i gotta i gotta hold this up for one second i actually have a roy scheider Encounter, kind of. Ah, do tell. Sinners, I'm coming back from Montauk. This is ages ago. Ages ago. I'm coming back from Montauk, and at this this time, I lived in West Hampton for about two and a half years. So I was heading back home, and it's um like middle of the day, and on a Saturday, and I'm cruising through one of the towns between East Hampton and like um it's like Watermill, Amagansett, like it's one of those small little beach 
towns uh, on the main, like the main Montauk Highway back to West Hampton. And I'm cruising through the town and it's kind of bumper to bumper traffic. And I look over to my right and there is Roy Scheider sitting on a wooden bench waiting for the Hampton Jitney. And it's unsettling when your favorite movie of all time is Jaws and you look out the car window and there's Chief Brody in a beachside town waiting for the bus. So I roll the windows down and I scream out, Chief Brody! And he's reading a dance paper and he doesn't look up, but he does smile. And I'm like, oh, I have that. I, have that. <laughs> I got a smile. I think upon reflection, he easily could have come through the car window and beaten me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my win with the smile. There you go. But it just shows that Roy Scheider had a sense of humor. So I know there are a lot of stories about him being an absolute insaniac, but he did have a sense of humor. <laughs> so now, okay. So uh, where am I? I'm all. Oh, okay, so we got Brody drunk, and he's been fired. Um, it's a sweet little scene between him and uh, Ellen, though, when he cops to it, and he's like, "Man." I shot off my mouth and I shot off my gun and I'd never been fired since I was a kid. And he, like, it feels real to he, him. Yeah, I'm sure he, f- he feels like a failure at this point and he, he no was, one's listening to him. He knows there's a threat out there. And he was like, man of the year four he, years ago. I yeah. mean, he was the guy in this town. Yeah. So now, now we got Mike. Okay, now here, here's where the movie, so now we take a real switch. Now, this is the d- exact point where we go from a very Brody-centric movie, now now we go to, we pick up the Slasher Teen movie. Like, this is it. Yeah, this this is yeah, this is what kicks it off. Mike sneaks out, Sean catches him, bribes Mike into taking him along, and now we're down on the dock, and uh, Mike is uh, Mike's like, Sean, you pain in the ass, and I'm sure I was the younger brother, so I'm sure everything is very accurate. We can be super annoying. Although adorable, don't forget the adorable part. <laughs> But we can be super annoying. So then Marge steps up. Well, plus he was Marge. also trying to... Remember, he was also trying to impress a, a girl as Oh, my well. God. Donna so, Wilkes. Donna Wilkes, who would Donna then go Wilkes. on to star in Angel, 1983. Mm. I don't know if we'll ever get to that one, folks. But if you want to see some exploitation, grindhousey, fun, uh, early 80s trash, you can't go wrong with Angel. Um, she, she... Donna Wilkes had a moment. And Anne Dusenberry, who plays mm. Tina, yes. had a moment. Yeah. Those two actresses, Anne Dusenberry would then go on to be in, in Cutter's Way with Jeff Bridges and um, John Hurd a couple years later. But I just remember, like, they were on the bubble of could something happen, can something happen? Look, they're both incredible actors in their own right, and they had great careers. You know, they, they worked steadily. A lot of TV work. But I do remember during that time, those two actors, they were like, ooh, this could this could be a moment. Um, anyway, so I digress. So, <laughs> I'm full of useless knowledge, sinners. So just just forgive it. Our crew our crew takes off, and I love again. Man, I don't know what it is, but I just love I love the mishmash of boats. There's some catamarans, and there are some regular sailboats. We've already established we have no no nautical terms. So what? They're boaty boats. That's <laughs> all they are to me, little boaty boats. I love it though because this is like this is California car culture on the water. So it was super cool. So they take off and they pass by the dive boat. This is where we get our first scene of scarred jaws, scar gel, as we will now refer to scar jaws. Uh, so I like it. The divers go down. They're going for lobsters. Um, we it, it this feels very true to 
location because i know they shot a lot in in um miami but i feel like this shot this scene was shot in atlantic waters okay you know like like uh in the martha's vineyard area because you got that like murky water and the kelp and everything seems like it's not like those crystal clear waters and it, you know everything's just a little spooky down there actually a lot more than a little spooky a lot spooky yeah. down there to me the ocean is a very terrifying place oh my god um so especially when monsters you... live we've established this absolutely it, it, and the, the deep cavern boo. yeah but right <laughs> yes scary scary place at oh, least terrible. to me anyway oh for god yeah oh but um but yeah so especially when you when it the more murky it is and you can't see you know like if, if you go in the water and you can't see like your hand in front of your face like nope. that's terrifying can i me. call out canon slasher canon number three yeah. so we've got teens in trouble teens wanting to get you know get it on and and have fun right we've got scarred villain we all know that's not allowed yep. you're not allowed to be a teenager and have fun oh god no <laughs> stab 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 hack, hack, hack. <laughs> now we have our third canon trope which is jump scare right this is such an insanely good jump scare mm-hmm. and i watch it right now and i've watched this movie so many times and i know it's coming up but every single time it gets me you know what it is it's because jaws drops in from the top which i didn't notice until this last time it comes in from top of frame so it's almost like they just like hacked the shark down scar joe down onto the diver and then they kind of like swerve it quickly in his direction and it it freaks me every time i see it it works it does really really effective scene so it does absolutely our poor diver i didn't know about the bends our poor diver shoots up to the top and he's all messed up um and everyone they get him on the dive boat and everyone's uh, uh circled around him and then someone says let's get him inside let's get him inside and at that exact moment in the background the dorsal fin cruises right past the boat. Yep. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Just just in the background. Again, he's just lurking. I'm just... telling you. This movie got a lot right. Yeah. I know I... it follows Jaws, but it got a lot right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we go to Eddie's death. Tina and Eddie are making out, and now we have uh, Slasher Trope canon number four, which is our lovers, because they are the quote-unquote lovers of our teens. You know, I mean, we've already established their playfulness and they, they're like the it couple on Amity. And uh, Eddie kind of, I was going to say anchors the boat, but doesn't. Just kind of like takes the sail down, but he doesn't. I don't know. How do boats work? <laughs> Should we have done research on this shit? How the fuck do boats work? Because I'm like, how did he stop? Floating there. I, I think... Come on. I think I assumed it was anchored. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe? honestly, are we going to say anchored? Maybe they were cool with just drifting, which, which again, terrifying. Don't All do right. that, please. Stinners. But I don't, I don't really. <laughs> All right, we'll put this. If you are inclined to work? destroy us in the comments and be like, "All right, never do an aquatic movie ever again," because you obviously don't. Do... Hey, spoiler alert: we don't know a lot about shit on land either. You're gonna, you're gonna learn all this stuff. <laughs> but if but anybody... this is why we're talking about movies. We're not talking about boats. Yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to chime <laughs> in, in, in our defense, but yes, they were anchored. But I'll admit, I didn't really think too far into that scene, but now it's gonna bother now me. Now it's bothering me. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to rewatch that scene. And like, how are they anchored? <laughs> all I can hope 
is that now it's bothering you. <laughs> Go back and like watch this scene. Like let, a little earworm. Yeah. Now we've infected you. You're gonna have to let us know in the comments. I don't so, know. <laughs> I don't know. Let's let's say um you know they're drifting. And again, if you want to let us know how that's possible in the comments, great. But here's another thing: we actually don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're floating. And Tina needs a blanket because her mom is getting real bummed out about all the bruises on um, her body. And you know what? <laughs> Father of two girls. Yeah. Yeah, that'd make me a little concerned as well. So Eddie maybe... <laughs> well, she's also like the beauty pageant queen. Oh, she girl. was Miss Remember? Amity. She was Miss Amity, yes. Damn. So she Ooh, has to shit. walk around. Remember in the beginning, she's the one who cut the ribbon. Yep. So she has to walk around, and, you know, and be present and in a very public... Uh, I mean, and Dusenberry. Sorry town, that we failed town, to mention that. Town public eye, yeah. So, that, so I'm assuming that's... You know, it could be, yeah, of course, it could be a mom's concern of, you know, sex, you know, whatever. But I, I thought... Oh, I think the mom's very concerned. <laughs> As a father of daughters, very concerned where these bruises are coming from. I'm, uh, I see you, Eddie. I also do think half of it is because you're, you know, as a, as a, uh, not that I was ever a pageant queen or, 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 you know, anything of that nature, but I could just only imagine. Obviously, your body is supposed to be, you know, ship shape and perfect, not bruised. Yes. I'm so that's kind of where I, I. I picked up on that. I'm starting when, to completely change my mind on Eddie's death she... now. As a father of daughters. You know what, Eddie? I, fuck you. You had it coming. You piece of shit. Get a blanket at least. You dope. <laughs> garbage in the bottom of his boat. And he's like, oh, I found a blanket. I mean, could you even imagine like, what that thing would have smelled like? Was it a pool tarp? Like, what did you... It, basically, he's like, oh, I found a napkin. <laughs> Tell your mom to shut up. <laughs> or you're all over the side you go. Now get your clothes off. <laughs> I will say this, though. All right, you know what? I, I'm very conflicted. Eddie, I'm coming back around and feeling bad for you. He did name the boat Tina's Joy. He did. So he did do that. He did. All right. Yeah. And he seemed, he seemed like a nice boyfriend. We're putting him in the past tense centers because Eddie gets super killed. Yeah. Super killed He probably has... I would go and say this is probably the best death. It is. If, it, it, you know... It, no, give me a high five. Yeah. Air high five. <laughs> I, I agree. Go. Um, sorry to interrupt you, but I just, I just wanted to say that out loud. No, have at it. Best death. <laughs> Go. Best death. I have agree. At it. Yeah, but well, also, too, like, I really consider this to be the... Because, again, I, I what I said in the beginning is, you know, Swark said, you know, that opening scene in the original Jaws really couldn't be done as it lies ever again like it can't it, it can't be that dark it can't be that creepy it can't be you know we already now know what it is it's a, it's spoiled before yeah, it, they even shoot yes, the frame it's but, spoiled but this seemed to be a nice um trope to that scene because that's it almost looks the same like it you know like the the, the boat gets bumped you know so you see him coming you you see it from a, which was a really nice shot i thought from from up high yeah you see that you shark. See the size. You, yes you, you get see, you get the um scale you absolutely see the entire scale of the shark by right this things. point and, yeah thanks you know <laughs> and uh you so you see it now compared to the boat and it just so it, it, it's like a torpedo it's so obviously big. not as fast but it is a torpedo and just bumps the boat knocks ed overboard right and, and then takes the boat with it and takes it yes yeah. that was scary as hell because so, then you got tina is yeah because eddie falls in so how did he take the boat there, was there the, an anchor oh you know what oh get ready for this i was ready for this i, I oh, wasn't ready for how a boat stands still but i am ready for this there is a keel 
on a sailboat. Okay. Because when you put the mast up, if there's no counter weight on the going in the opposite direction, the fucking thing just tips oh, over. Oh, it would just Okay, that's what keeps it level. So you have the keel, which is like a couple of feet long. And guess what a keel shape like, sinners? A dorsal fin of a shark. <laughs> Hmm. It's all starting. You know what? It's all starting to come together now. It really is. So, ScarJo, I don't necessarily know. I won't say bites onto the keel, but I think maybe the keel gets caught on a fin or something, or just like the mass of ScarJo. It could be. Yeah. And takes the damn thing. Let's say like. And let's they, say like thirty yards. Yeah. So it's pulling the boat, which now you're already thrown off. Yep. Ed's in. Ed, uh, Ed is in the water. And now Tina hones in on exactly because I'm sure at first she's like, "What the hell is happening right now? Like, what is going on?" Everyone's confused. And she finally, you know, maybe he lets go, or like you said, it is he seems was, to like it gets dislodged. Yeah, maybe gets dislodged. Yeah, then does a little loopy loop. Yes, and now Tina realizes, "Holy fuck, that's a shark!" Yep. And Ed is on the other side of the boat, so she's telling Ed's him crazy far away at this point. He, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. How he even makes it to the boat at that point? Is... He doesn't. He doesn't, Shannon. Go, he Scar got Joe, Oh wait, no, he, bites him. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. He goes yes. flying through the water. Ja, very much like the original scene. So she. So I. But I, now here's the thing. I don't never even thought of that. That's I a never. Good catch. I never, never even thought about that. But I never found out if it was filmed the same way. So because she was hooked up to a rig yeah. that held her. Um, that held her waist and in place. Pulley, pulley, and and pull, it right? was pulling from one section to the other, pulling her under. So even though, like, obviously she wasn't in danger of a shark person say uh, like getting pulled under uh, that that scene must have been terrifying to film anyway. whoever the stunt person was mm -hmm. who had to get slammed into that boat yeah they earned their money that day because you hear that the, body the, hit the boat yes absolutely and then the but it, tragedy but it does feel the same way like of him just getting oh, God, yeah. getting you know dragged across the he water he even does like that breathing that chrissy did that like <laughs> yeah you know you could tell they kind of know like don't look below my belly button because i don't know that anything's there yeah because these rigs were not meant to go when you were ready like the, it was to add to the scene again i'm not sure exactly if they filmed it the same way but i know that's how they filmed it originally so she was i think she was still terrified because she didn't really know the timing of it her which she wasn't supposed to and Dusenberry, you know what little little clap for you you're acting the panic and she, I've never seen someone convincingly go into shock so fast than she did in this movie. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when they find, you know, then a scene or two later, when uh, Brody and Ellen and, and uh, Lenny Hendricks find her and she's in shock, she's in shock. She's in shock. Yeah. I mean, Andrews and Mary, oh boy, you're crackerjack. Anyway, <laughs> we love you. And so she finally does say um oh actually let me backtrack though really fast because i don't know if you actually got this because when I, I got this a little bit when i was do researching this scene that a lot of people actually get very pissed off at tina because they feel when ed finally i um, mean not by her not by him makes it to the boat she doesn't go to help him she was yeah she just sits there which I, again now it's faced in this situation it's like you're not going to go toe to toe with a shark like like i i don't know anything could be running through her head at that point so again think of a moment where you were terrified you're in shock 
you you misjudge something and then you think back you're like wow i could have reacted differently and why didn't you you know it, it, it well, you, you may have to kind of forgive that scene a i little. did some research it. okay and i found out that tina didn't help eddie because she was busy shitting her pants <laughs> because there's a 30 foot great white that just slammed her boyfriend hence, inside the boat hence the shock yeah that's, that's why but but there's a lot of people who are pissed off about that scene because okay. they're like oh she didn't fucking do anything to help him like here's the thing she it's possible by this point she could have reacted pulled him up i don't think there was going to be much the, the whole, she probably would have been yeah pulling yeah. up only the top half yep. and oh. then and then what oh yeah. oh i got it oh, oh all right sinners i have a oh I have a cliffhanger we'll we'll circle back to possibly being bitten half very soon <laughs> so i look i'm i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw my support to tina on this one i just think oh my i was a teenager once too i couldn't please i would have been peeling eddie's fingers off you're <laughs> tipping us over brick <laughs> sorry sorry eddie r.e.p um yeah. great death scene oh, damn i'm i'm horrible at my job i should have i should have written down eddie's uh the actor who played eddie's name um he did he, great death scene you really you really did a great job when he pulls the wood off the boat you can feel the force of jaws i believe it's his name is gary dubin gary dubin well gary done. gary dubin okay so now um uh, uh brody uh, uh lenny and ellen find uh tina she screams shark now we know now it's definitive Brody's like, ha, 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 I was so right, and at the same time, he's like, oh no. Oh, I, in a way, yes. In a well, in a way, definitely, I, I would say he kind of has a little bit of a panic, but in a, also, he, I have a feeling he can't help but feel a, that little bit of a high. That ha, ha, I was well, right. he just got he got his ass fired. I was well, just last night. Yeah, and he and he goes and he goes, I am correct. Yeah. So f fuck everybody, but uh, but obviously, there's still kids in danger. So I I do think that more takes over, and because he's like, yeah. You, get her to shore i'm taking the boat All right. and he just goes so now we've established in my defense of tina wait where do you fall on tina i think With it Eddie. was shock okay yeah so, no I, I mentioned that i like i personally think it was shock and and we're all human we all have those human moments and we could we could maybe say that we have we have both equally established teenagers poor decision-making skills in a crisis yeah. and we we can definitively say that of course Cause it's going to play pretty heavy into where we're going now absolutely okay guys so now we have um uh oh director keith gordon who plays i have no idea what his name is uh, i'm gonna call him mutton chops <laughs> he plays aquatic mutton chops with his little nifty greek fisherman's cap Good on you, Keith Gordon. I hope he picked his own costume out. <laughs> he's giving, he's doing the mutiny on the bounty speech. And it's so, how the fuck do boats park, everyone? <laughs> They're all lined up and he's reciting the Mr. Christian speech and the boats are all standing still. Seriously, this is going to bother the fuck out of me. So anyway, Jaws, ScarJo comes up, chomps on his boat. I remember when I originally saw it, I'm like, oh man, that guy's so dead. But he swims to the catamarans, and now it's a complete clusterfuck of chaos. Absolutely. Jawsy is, ScarJo's swimming around and creating havoc, and the boats are crashing into each other. And, like, instead of everybody taking off in different directions like it was a cartoon, everybody actually comes together in the same spot and crashes into each other. And I thought 
it was done incredibly well in the editing. I agree too. Because we've established that teens have very poor coping skills, <laughs> decision-making skills, and um, uh, survival instincts when shit goes south really quickly because they all crash into each other. So the um, boats are sinking. Uh, one other boat flips over. Oh, it's completely. a mess. Ma- it is. Everybody flips it, over. It's a very dramatic scene. Except the sea witch. The sea witch pil- piloted by. Uh, uh, I was know that Mike's, le- That's not Mike's boat. That was his friend's boat. That Andy's, was his friend's boat. Andy's boat. I'm not. Uh, Tim's boat. Tim's boat. Okay. Love Tim. Tim. Love Tim. Forgot about Tim. Um. So the sea witch, Mike. Oh, uh, Mike gets knocked out, and now he's floating in his life jacket. And the sea witch. And he's knocked out too. Uh. Yeah. So he's just he he's out, and the sea witch spots him, and they make a race, and they're trying to get Mike on board, and um. Uh. Th- this is very tense scene because all of a sudden Jaws is like ah, there's Mike, but I want him, and. <laughs> They have that scene where they're pulling Mike in and then they slip and he kind of halfway goes back into the water and Jaws is getting closer and now and like they're like, both oh, in the same oh, shot. Jaws is so freaking close. Everyone's panicking. <laughs> and then there's that awesome scene and I know people put the boots to it because you can see the piston inside his mouth. You really can't. Just people being dicks. Yeah. And the mouth bends at a weird angle which is totally true. But it's, I love it's very it. true but I didn't care. I it's... love the scraping sound. I love everything about that scene. I watched about 40 times this week. Oh I just love it. Here's my problem. And I'd be terrified if that was coming at me whether it was a mechanical shark or not. I. Here's my problem. So, but this plays into teens' very poor decision-making skills. The sea witch then says to the cluster of fucked-up boats, "Hey guys, we're gonna go get help," and they leave the nine-year-old child. Right? <laughs> you leave his brother. Like, do, like, hey brother, do you want to come be with your brother? Like, <laughs> hello. Like, Mike, sir, we gotta go by. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're the rest of the people are like, well, wait. Yeah. I think you could fit like three more, possibly all of us. I don't know how boats work, but it seems like you could definitely take the nine-year-old that was, child. That was going to be my next question. It's like, how many people do we think can be on this boat? At um, least to, two more. To get out faster. Yeah, I definitely would have taken the nine-year-old. And one's a half. One's a friggin' nine-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Just, just I mean, they easily could have taken just grab him. Uh, Sean and uh, Marge, who I had oh. such a crush on at an undisclosed age when i saw this film in the movies all i wanted i told my dad i'm like all i want is the poster because it's that awesome kick-ass poster of oh my god we didn't even talk about the tagline best tagline of any movie ever made oh just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water that was the tagline of jaws 2. no one's ever going to beat that no one people use it people have used it today (laughs) such a great tagline but they had this poster where it was like kind of like sunsetty uh, golden glow on the water and they just had Jaws' fin and it's had that tagline just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water and I was begging my dad oh please get me the poster and we showed up at the movie theater and of course because it's the real world and they don't sell posters at the concession counter my dad's like do you sell posters they're like no and he's like how about a shark shaped eraser so that's what I went home with that night Wind. to say it was a disappointment <laughs> I'm like, can't we just steal the poster? Any. Also, I am the age that I am right now, and I have the means to buy that poster. Have I done it? Of course I have. <laughs> Again. 
Maybe, all, maybe you can get yourself another shark eraser. All Sean's why being adorable are also insanely annoying. <laughs> so, Stop. Here, here we come to my favorite part of the movie that never came to be. Right. I think I... I I think I know. I right? think I agree. Okay. I already know, and I think I agree. But so, sinners, we have the helicopter scene. So we have the Amish helicopter pilot lands, throws uh, the kids throw the rope to him. He uh, ties it off. The whole time we're waiting for Scar Joe to come and bite this guy on the ass or something. But the music isn't there. So we've been—it's Pavlovian. We've been conditioned that there's no music, no shark, and. The helicopter starts to take off, and of course, Jaws comes up and uh, clamps down on the pontoon. Um, again, see, we know stuff. And drags the helicopter down, and then all we get in the movie is glub, glub, glub. Shannon, what do we get in the TV edit? So, the what, what, what were we supposed to get, you mean? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, and I'm still pissed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people are pissed off. Biggest mistake in the movie. Because, absolutely. Biggest mistake in the movie. So, the helicopter pilot, you know, he lands. He, he assures the kids that he's going to get them to safety. Um, they uh, hook a line. Yep. They throw him a line. And he, um, uh, I guess the intention was that he was going to drag the boats uh, via. Yeah. I'm not too sure exactly what the plan was yeah. here. I thought he... I thought he mentioned he was going to radio for help. I don't know. Either way, he but he's there, right? So he's floating on the water. He's hooking the line, um, doing what he's going to do to rescue Everything these kids. Pretty solid. And then you know, and then the friggin' surprise scene. Fucking Jaws fucking so comes. Out. It's it's, it's a great and scene. you see it through the cockpit of the the glass of the you're, door. Yeah, the you're like so you're inside with the, like almost seeing it from. I mean, it would be more like his peripheral. Like obviously you're looking down. Um, so you see it a little bit more directly, but that that's, you know, that's cinema, baby, you know, but, <laughs> but it's a great scene. So we get, you know, we get the scene, of course, every, you know, fans, uh, you know, I, I think in retrospect, there's interviews where friggin' fans come, came out of the theater and they're like, John, they a fucking hell. You know, so everyone was definitely very impressed by it, but knowing what we know now, you know, fans nowadays feel cheated because there's a whole another scene where basically all you really get is you get you know he chomps on the helicopter pulls it down uh to the point where now the blades hit the water and they start the, that so first of all one person should have been killed by one what of a missed stars. opportunity thank you i have it in my notes <laughs> what a missed opportunity to bisect <laughs> someone to literally cut someone in literally that would that absolutely missed opportunity Ugh. you know kind of like in um what was it final uh final destination the second one i believe with the barbed wire goes oh my through God, yes Something along those lines. Can't wait to it, 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 and it, it could it could have been quick. It could have been, but, but it still would have been like Ooh, decapitation. Damn. Something. Anything. Anything. I would have taken anything, but it, it hits instead the the sails of the boat. So it's just like, okay, okay. Further damage sucks. Yeah. But again, this is supposed to be a horror movie, so a little missed opportunity there. Now, but now the um the helicopter is getting destroyed. The blades getting wiped off. I'm assuming what happens is Jaws keeps pulling and now the helicopter is upside down. So now the pilot, who is still in the in the bubble in the driver's seat, is now completely upside down, completely immersed underwater. Now, this was a scene that was filmed and for whatever reason scrapped, I'm assuming for the ratings, I I assume. They cut so much of but, the chomp chomps and the yes. blood out of this movie but, because they were terrified they were gonna get an R. And they overcorrected. 
Yeah, I agree. So they, so there's much more of the scene where Jaws, you know, continues to go after the pilot. The pilot is trying to, you know, get away from him. Obviously, this doesn't happen. And there is much more, yeah, chomp, chomp, blood uh, under the water scene. And now you get that kill for the helicopter. Unfortunately, all you see is him just getting flipped upside down. So you just kind of assume the rest for your imagination. Um, if but you... what, a, what a missed opportunity. Yeah, if you saw this uh let's say like early 80s on tv then the tv edit threw in what happened they don't actually show the um pilot get eaten but they show jaws coming through the cockpit door like crumbling it because the helicopter itself is like very it's not like sturdy metal you know these things have to be light so it's just destroying the cockpit mm -hmm. and it's getting closer and closer and closer to the pilot and he's screaming and it's a really effective scene and I, to this day, it's such a great scene, and it's filmed really well. And I'm like, why, why did they would cut you it out? Cut this? Yeah, There's, I didn't even think it was overly gory. Like, I don't think it. What you know what I mean? Like, you it's, could, it didn't even make sense to cut <clears throat> it for time. Like, there are mm -mm. eleven things I could think of at the top of my head to cut for time, besides this thing. So anyway, yeah, it's that shouldn't have been one of them. It's weird, unfortunately. It's weird. If you happen to know why they made such a a silly decision like i said you know hit us up in the comments i'd love to know yeah but, same so their rescue you know we go from elation to devastation because not only has their means of escape disappeared now the shark's back <laughs> so he's circling the boats everything from this part actually goes pretty quickly because we're well into our third act um uh, uh brody finds the sea witch mike tells him you know that, that that they're you know headed to cable junction and tells him that sean was there brody takes off in that direction everything culminates at cable junction um you remember when i i was talking about the keels of the boat so the keel is now scraping against the rocks at cable junction remember when i made that incredibly astute nautical <laughs> genius fact of boats have keels well it's a callback because we know so much about boats it's kind of smart though because yeah. now the boats can't go any further so now we've upped the stakes of we we see our salvation and it's 20 yards away but those 20 yards are going through the most dangerous thing that we could possibly do is getting in the water Brody shows up again elation we're saved um the shark pops out of nowhere Brody be having all the skills that Shannon and I have of nautical expertise crashes the Wait, fucking boat. I would get eaten. Immediately. I, I would die. Absolutely. Crash the boat immediately into just, the Just throwing that out there. I would die. But, but to Chief Brody's credit, then after crashing the boat, turns to the teenagers and is just like, I meant to do that. I totally know what to do. I'm going to get into this tiny little black rubber wrap the size of a pool float, and I'm, I'm going to come out to you guys and get you. Yeah. It's at this point where uh, he sees that uh, he uses the hook and the winch on the back of the boat. He's going to give that to the teens and use that as like the go-between between him and the raft. But what? happens upon pulling the hook they pull up Chekhov's electrical cable now immediately Brody is like I think I got an idea it's a crazy idea crazy idea I got an idea All right, you know where they could have cut so much time out of this movie and put the fucking helicopter attack in <laughs> is watching goddamn Roy Scheider <laughs> bumble fuck his way with that goddamn raft until he gets on 
<laughs> it's 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 it was weird decisions. It's so painful watching him try and hook the goddamn thing with his foot, and it goes on for eleven days. And I'm like, <laughs> what is happening with this movie right now? <laughs> so anyway, he uh, he has an idea. He takes the paddle, and he we we've established a couple of times during this movie the water ski. There's one other thing where where we we're onto the fact that noise attracts the shark. And he's, uh, you know, he's he's cla- clapping the the paddle on the uh, the uh, power line, and he knows for a fact that the shark is going to come in one direction and one direction only, not from underneath, not behind him. Yeah, I've established that great whites normally attack, but whatever. You you, you know, <laughs> but you don't win Amity Man of the Year unless you got a couple of skills. Fair <laughs> so enough. sure enough, the shark bites the power cable. This was in the original script. This was in the John D. Hancock. I think this uh, is how they always intended to. It was. Uh, yeah. as, as far as my research plays out, electrocution was the way to go. I enjoy this so much because they actually put in a VFX shot of lightning <laughs> coming out of the shark's mouth. Yes. And it it, it, it gives me so much joy. <laughs> so much joy. And then Jaws. <laughs> is Jaws dead? I don't know. It's on fire coming out of its eyeballs with the smoke and the fire and he slowly sinks into the water. But is that definitive? <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> but and, who cares? And that's it. Then we ha- no, then we end on adorable Sean saying they made me come with them and you know as far as we know they all died on cable junction <laughs> because I'm not sure anyone made it to stress calls. <laughs> There's, their bones are still there. Well, the but helicopter that, guy certainly didn't get a chance to, so... That's our Jaws 2. That's our Jaws 2 center. So, okay, now we're going to circle back. We're going to talk about a couple of things real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have one more thing to add. Oh, please, have that. But for afterwards, like, if you... if you, So if you want okay. this... um. Oh, do you want to go first? Right. Well, let's. Uh, you know what? Let me just do. We'll yeah. do. Uh, we 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 tackle the deleted scenes we had. So, um, the helicopter, they have a deleted scene where they f- actually find the camera because no one no one ever questions hey this guy just comes in like we found the camera yeah. it's like oh okay yeah it's amity that's what they do there <laughs> so they actually have a scene of, of divers finding the camera which i guess um builds suspense because you have to, divers in the water maybe another attack i don't know but they were smart to cut it um you've got and then you've got uh oh gosh there's there's one more scene of no consequence whatsoever so the helicopter is just my big yeah, I agree. Point. It's a huge, huge missed opportunity there is all. All right, we covered Drivers and Spielberg with no shows. We uh, covered the contract dispute with Scheider Weiss in the movie uh, to begin with. And the honking mistake that Scheider makes, which is, it delights me to no end of him calling uh, Lenny Hendricks Jeff. <laughs> which, uh, which, looking back, do, you, do, do we think it was a mistake? <laughs> I, yeah, oh, ooh. Shots fired. Where he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna fuck this up somehow. I'm going to oh force to be here. I don't know. Maybe not. I no, you convinced me. I love yeah. it. I love it. Oh, my God. Poor Jono Schwark. Oh, you poor man. So, please, I, I, I covered all my stuff. So if you, just an FYI, because I don't know if everybody knows this, but if you do want to see somewhat of a visual on how this movie, I think, was more intended to be. Um, so the same year, I believe, it came out, Marvel 
<gasps> actually that's my favorite comic picked up the story and created the comic book so yep. you see so these are scenes where as i said earlier the way a great white attacks lots of scenes where uh jaws is out of the water jumping over boats onto boats i think at some point getting people under the under the water i almost said under the ground <laughs> my god under the- that'll be when we do tremors <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Love tremors. But under when you but there's scenes attacking under the water. Um so it's a so again, I mean it's not the movie, but if you want to see it, you know, because I think it follows the story like verbatim. It does. So so yeah, yeah so you can absolutely it's visualize it. You can even Google some images if you want to take a look right now. Um and apparently if you want to go and purchase it today, it is $250 because I went to go buy it. I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> $250. Look it up All now. Right. See if it ever went down. But the, when I was researching that, so I was looking, I think it was only like a week ago from Jeez. doing this, uh, doing this recording that we're, um, would that I buy we're doing it? right now. I would definitely. The, yeah. I would definitely buy it. <laughs> if I can find it for under like a hundred bucks, probably I would buy it. But I was just like, ooh, but yeah, two hundred and fifty dollars. This thing it, it thing. cost, but uh, I just thought that was pretty cool. I did. I I've seen other movies that had a comic book with it. For for some reason, I just never knew Jaws two had one on its maybe. own. Maybe by Marvel. Yeah, maybe one so day. So visually, it's beautiful. I tell you what, I'm gonna put this challenge out there down the road. Like, at some point, let's just have a one-off episode where best novelizations, best comic book adaptations of horror movies. Okay. Because I was, I mean, I geeked out so badly as a kid on the novelizations. If Absolutely. If it was a horror movie and there was... Big reader, big comic oh, book God. reader as a kid, yeah. Love to do that. I even did card collecting. Me too. <laughs> they had Joe's two cards, by the way. Yes, they did. Actually, I do know that. Still smell the stale bottle. I did know that. And they also, just to kind of like jump ahead a little bit, I don't know if we'll ever do an episode. Maybe, I think we will, though. Um, because apparently Jaws 3 also had their own set of, of cards. And because of the 3D option, they were actually uh, in 3D, 3D. yes, oh holograms. Yeah. We're going to have to do Jaws and that's 3 an, one of these That's days. an anniversary this year as well. <gasps> right? So. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll do Jaws 3. It's, it's going to be, it'll be what it is. There are fun parts. Oh, all right. So you know what? The last thing I want to say is, and this is my opinion, my opinion only. Okay. So you had uh, John D. Hancock. His his wife wrote the screenplay or helped write the screenplay, the vision that they had with a very rundown Amity. And they had a tie-in with uh, uh, the mob coming to Amity. The mob was behind the construction of Amity Shores. Hmm. And that script was very heavily involved in playing that subplot out of the mob's involvement with Amity and Brody getting in between that. So it was very much like an on-land kind of thing going on. And then that spilled out into some way the water aspect of it. Gotcha. But this, the, what, unfortunately put the nail in in hancock's coffin as far as getting fired as well was this finally not that they didn't have access to the script but i think they they just wanted to start production they just want to start filming this it fucking movie could have been scheduling wise it could have been you know i feel like i feel like that happens almost on every single movie too, well they were losing or... their heat you know i mean it was a good three years after jaws so they're like we got to get something filmed here mm-hmm. but i agree I'm so sorry, Mr. John D. Hancock. I agree with not taking that direction. And 
getting rid of the mafia subplot altogether because and again this is my opinion who gives a shit it, i feel like it would have taken it away from the threat of the movie like the the, the threat is not the mob the threat is the shark it's 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 the same reason they got rid of the the um subplot of 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 matt hooper Mm -hmm. seducing ellen brody and them having an affair in the first movie yeah who gives a shit yeah okay i don't care everybody just wants to be on the water yeah like the the formula of jaws showed all just get people on the water yeah that's where the thrill is and that is where the movie is and that's what the audience wants to see yeah absolutely I'm i'm not saying that you have to cater to audience demands you can have your vision, but that was a smart thing to do. I agree. It's a completely different movie at that point. It's yeah. then create that movie elsewhere. And if you yeah. want to throw in a shark attack, I guess, but that's it's just, it's just crazy it's, distracting. It's just a different type of movie, I think. Yeah. It's just crazy distracting. Yeah. After a while, it, you can make the mistake of too much story. And it takes away from the initial threat, and now you're like, you you know, by the time the movie's over, you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? Like, it, it's it's too all over the place. Yeah. So, no, it was definitely smarter to hone in on the shark and the water and people wanting, like you said, you know, the teenagers just wanted to get on the boats and get out there. That is, that was their mistake, even though it's a, it's a human thing to do. We yeah. all, like, there's wakeboarding, there's surfing, there's, you know, there's all these things that people love to do in the water. There's, um, and that plays into a beach community. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and what Hancock, the direction they want to do, and look, it, it, like Shannon said, it's a different movie, and have at it. But he wanted to make a rundown, downtrodden Amityville, very glum, very bleak. And that's not, that already sets us up for a bummer. And then you introduce a shark, and you're like, well, this fucking place is already a bummer. It just, yeah, it makes sense a shark could be here. This town's a ghost town. So there's no stakes. Right. Like, people go to a seaside community because it's sun, surf, sex. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, it should be bright, it should be shiny, and there should be promise around every corner of just fun, fun, fun. And then when you introduce an element that takes that away and jeopardizes that, then you have your stakes. That's the thrill. You That's know, the, yeah, then, yeah. You, then you got your stakes. So, I'm glad with the direction that Jaws 2 eventually went. I wish it was gorier, like the original. I wish they, that they had dialed that up. Yeah, I think only Ed's scene is the only one where you see blood. Yeah. I, I think that's the only scene. Yeah. If, if I'm not mistaken. So if it's if you will allow me, I'm just going to do two quick things and then we'll wrap it up. I'm going to do a couple of fun shark movies that I picked out. Um, in case, you know, this whet your appetite. <laughs> and you're looking to keep the streak going. Um, you have got, and again, this is just personal taste. Trust me. I know you're going to be like, you got to be kidding. You put that on the list, but these are fun. I didn't say good. I just said fun shark movies, <laughs> deep blue sea, which I love, which we'll have to do. I loved deep blue sea, yeah, deep blue sea. Absolutely. The shallows with Blake Lively. <laughs> didn't love it. Uh, I'll have to, that's clear. Hmm. But, so I'm okay. But. <laughs> that's all i got right okay. now i have to rewatch it again um yeah i remember like okay i was just kind of, uh, okay 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 um, you know as soon as a shark sounds like a lion you're like oh uh, yeah okay but that's, that's that's all i'll say about that for now open water i loved open water yeah because that's like somebody that's, filmed real people getting killed yes yeah and that's, that's almost like a snuff film that's gonna be <laughs> 
<laughs> it, it, it's not. It's, it's not. It's not. What it's not. it feels like. It. <laughs> well, you know what? I never thought about that until now. So, but yeah, that I feel like I can. That movie's I can, I can, I can go off on that movie. Because, we'll, we'll do that. Because a lot we'll of people, it. I think, disagree with me on that. And that's what's no, the, that that's what's going to make this interesting. No, that movie's banger. Okay. Then, but, look, this is me. I just I have a soft spot for them. 47 meters down. I which enjoyed. I think is a good movie. I enjoyed that movie. I really like 47 Meters Down on Caged. Again. again um, really like it. I never saw that one, actually. Oh, it's not good. It... I really like it. Oh, oh it's <laughs> awful. Oh, it's just, it's so not oh, good. Oh, it's terrible, but oh, you should watch it. Here's another one that's not good, but I adore it. The Meg. And Meg 2 oh, is coming Meg. out in August. The, yeah, that's, um, for some reason, I enjoyed The Meg as well. Ridiculous. Did Ridiculous, you ever though. see The Reef? I feel like I've seen bits and pieces of it, not entirely enough to 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 confidently hone in on the it. The reef so is very open I'll, waters. I will have to I'll I'll have to um put that on my list. And then this movie is just straight up piece of shit, but I love it. <laughs> Shark Night 3D, which <laughs> I, I don't know what, what this movie haunts me because every streamer that I subscribe to, it's in every one of my queues. <laughs> every single one. They're like, oh, Shark Night 3D? I don't know why. It's, it's, don't it, know why. it's, it's very present. <laughs> Alright, now I'm, I'm just gonna I always love to do connections, horror movie connections, and this one's kind of a, it's an odd turn, but here's my connection for Jaws 2, and that movie is Halloween 3, and I'll tell you why. Ah. I think of Jaws, I think if the Jaws franchise were to work, let's, if the Jaws franchise were to work now going forward, it would almost have to be like an anthology series, meaning that every Jaws movie would have to have different characters and be set in a different locale, which is what John Carpenter wanted to do with the Halloween franchise. Mm. Didn't want to have Michael Myers be the protagonist through every single movie. He wanted more of an anthology He wanted series. an anthology. He's yeah. like, hey, you know what? Halloween's spooky as hell. Let's just do spooky Halloween stuff. And the, the anchor would be Halloween. The anchor for the Jaws movie would be a shark. But mm -hmm. set it wherever you want. All different people. And I think that formula could could work very much to this day. So... Look, we live in a world where it's just nothing but but mining IP. I'm sure that someone somewhere has got Jaws in their radar. And but think about it. If you, if you want to have a fresh crack at it, that could be a way to go. Send your check to. <laughs> but I, I just I just had that feeling when I was watching and I was like, oh, damn, you know what? If this was totally different people in a totally different place, it would feel very Halloween three to me. OK, you know, okay. we will do Halloween three. We and absolutely will do Halloween oh three. Oh boy, oh boy. I can't wait. But Shannon, why don't you tell the sinners what we got on deck for next week? Well, I am going to go with the uh, cute and lovable little leprechaun. <laughs> Sinner said, I mentioned that all Irish people are so adorable, much like young Sean in this movie. I cannot wait to talk about leprechaun. Oh my God. All right. Well, we're just going to save it for next week, but oh, I'm so looking forward to this. Mm -hmm, me too. <laughs> all right, everybody. Take care. It's great having you here. And that's a cut. Wah-wah-wah-wah-wah. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.